Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Amygdala Podcast. I'm your host, Siddhanth Karmali. This is episode 7, the final episode of the Hydrocene series. We as a species have the power and resource to reverse climate change on this planet and restore its longevity for generations to come. And that power and resources are falling to us teenagers, adolescents now. But how must we use them? In this episode, we'll conclude the Hydrocene series and talk about how regenerative things, regenerative science, like all things in life, must be conducted responsibly. Lastly, we will talk about what we, as permanent Hydrocene residents, can do to implement the principles of the Hydrocene. Regenerative science is a great idea, at least in my opinion, and in the opinion of many researchers and companies interested in saving the planet. But it does have its risks. Firstly, it's a relatively new technology, and so it may currently need lots of money and resources invested in it. And products that are grown with or produced with regenerative thinking in mind may not be readily available to many people. For example, a company called Dr. Bronner's claims to be sustainable and with some products regenerative. It mainly makes soaps, toothpastes, and some food products. All of their materials are grown and harvested in fair environments and then sold at relatively healthy stores like Whole Foods. For example, one of their certified regenerative products is their coconut oil. A 30-ounce jar of coconut oil from Dr. Bronner's costs around 20 US dollars, which for many consumers is outrageous, as that's 0.67 dollars an ounce, or 67 cents an ounce. Compare that with Costco's bulk supply of an 84-ounce tub of non-regenerative certified coconut oil at $16, and it's clear which choice many customers will make. Thus, regenerative thinking should mature from its state of infancy, and we can help it do so by increasing access to healthier food. For example, many farms in the rural United States make poor usage of space. Many of them are used to grow livestock when they could be used to grow plants. That would produce a lot more caloric input than the relatively few animals that can be consumed. Producing plants and limiting the production of livestock animals would allow many more people to be fed while using less or the same space. And another benefit to growing plants is that while animals are consumers, meaning they use up oxygen and produce carbon dioxide, such as the process of cellular respiration that goes on in every single animal cell. However, plants are producers. They do the opposite. They do photosynthesis. They take in carbon dioxide and they produce oxygen. And so using plants would also be a lot more environmentally healthy. Take, by extension, eating a mostly plant-based diet would allow, especially in developed countries, for people to get the necessary calories and for farmlands and ecosystems to regenerate. Take that one step further and you have Dr. Browner's farms. Ways in which we as Hydrocene residents can pr- promote healthy, risk-minimal regenerative living would be to advocate for a switch to a bioeconomy. At this point, all the previous Hydrocene episodes come together. 
we have a potential decentralized AI system contributing to this prospect by collecting tremendous amounts of biological data and using it to rewire our brains to regenerative thinking. We have genetic engineering technology actively and passively regenerating biodiversity, albeit many products and projects must show that regenerativity is an achievable standard. And we have urban regenerative geoengineering redistributing carbon so that climate change itself decreases. And we can use the Earth's natural regenerative properties in a new way to power the Earth. With the conscious belief that the Earth is on a precarious ledge, but has the potential to rocket itself back up, we can use the simple law of conservation of mass to build a society of the new. The law of conservation of mass states that matter cannot be created or destroyed, and it is one of the fundamental physical laws of this Earth. Liz Corbin, research director at circular economy consulting company Metabolic, explains that the problem of regenerative risks can be addressed by bringing circular design into the bioeconomy. She says that a circular design, one that keeps replenishing itself, can be built around novel ways to use unused waste and bypass the need to obtain new resources. For example, Using the massive amount of food waste that humans produce as fertilizer for plant crops would allow old, unused food to produce new, human-safe, and planet-safe food. At the time of writing this, I am seeing my younger brother go absolutely ham on a pile of pistachios, and the shells he had strewn around the table can, once cleaned up of course, can be used to grow plant crops. Yes, while this does not fully fulfill the law of conservation of mass, since humans absorb a lot of the matter when we eat, recycling can be an effective strategy for regeneration. Even large corporations have taken this preliminary step. Dell has resolved to use plastics and waste from current products to make their new ones, and once they run out of that stock, they will be prepared to make the switch to biomaterials. Last episode, I mentioned a company called New Light Technologies that used a very abundant biopolymer called polyhydroxybutyrate, or PHB, to make a building material that we can sequester that can sequester carbon back to the natural carbon cycle. That company is a great example of how we can turn the economy towards biological materials and still maintain the infrastructural and social developments that we live with today. The next steps are for world leaders and other corporations to make their own regenerative pledges and help the planet before it harms us. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening in. This has been the seventh episode of the Amygdala podcast and the last of the Hydrocene series, entitled The Hydrocene for the World. Please write any feedback in the comments or at amygdalapodcast.com. You can also follow this podcast on Instagram at at amygdala underscore podcast and on Patreon at patreon.com slash amygdala podcast. I hope you all enjoyed it and we will return for the next episode in two weeks. Thank you so much.